0: Hello, and welcome to the Brain Not Included podcast. So today I've got with me Chris and Ethan as normal, but we're going to talk about kind of tying into last week, uh, the new year's resolution stuff, talking about time management as the big, I guess, goal or theme of the day. So since Ethan was the one that kind of came up with this idea and was wanting to discuss it, I'm going to, I'm going to let you kind of roll off and start here.
1: Take Good. the floor, my friend. All right, well, you know, I kind of said this before we started the podcast. How I came up with this has nothing to do with time management. It's really just an episode of How I Met Your Mother where they talk about uh, time traveling at different speeds for different people. Uh, and I'm sure we've all experienced that, how you have, you know, days that fly by and then you have days that take super long. But it kind of got me thinking about time management and especially how much I've had to learn it since being in college and how important it's gotten. Uh, And also how quick time can get away from you. And especially in the last couple of weeks, since I've been going to the gym and trying to do my new year's resolutions. It's, it is hard to squeeze so much crap in a day. It is impossibly hard. I mean, I'll agree with
0: that. So same, like same thing I've been doing, been trying to keep up with the new year's resolution. Right. So been hitting the gym for the last, I guess this is week three yeah that le- last week was week three I guess this next week would be week four right and it's it's hard it's super hard um making sure that you have time to do everything that you need to do and in, including and in, including all of your standard day-to-day chores work making sure for me right like last le- yesterday or last week's New Year's resolution kind of putting my foot down like hey no I gotta I'm got to leave at a reasonable time. I got to have a life outside of here. Yeah. So you go so that you can take a um, do your workouts and stuff like that and you still have time to for me, right? I'm studying for my professional engineering exam, so I got to add that on top of everything when I get done and any other cooking and cleaning the kitchen, anything else that I I have to do. And I'm still not the greatest at all of that. Time management's super hard and I think part of, part of time management, right. Is just, it's, it's motivation. It's making sure that you stick with it and no matter how bad you want to sit down and not do anything, anything. Like I I had that moment Thursday, I was like, man, I really, really don't want to go work out. I'd rather just, I'd rather just go to the, go to sit here and, you know, play on my phone for the next hour or whatever, and then go to jujitsu and then come home and. Yeah. Study for the rest of the night or whatever. And I, I eventually did convince myself right to go to the gym, and I didn't regret it. I didn't go as hard as I normally would, but it's not always necessary. Right? I mean, just... As long as you win, better than not make, going at all. Yep. Yeah, make sure you get in
1: there and, and, and get it done. It's You know, another thing that's kind of become obvious or not obvious necessarily, but I've noticed, I guess, in the last couple of weeks, I've been going to the gym, is just how much And I say all of us, of course, I'm being a little facetious. Majority of us are all on the same clock. Like we all get up and have class or work, you know, eight ish in the morning, seven ish in the morning. We all get out of class or work three ish, four ish, maybe five o'clock in the afternoon. All of us are at the gym by five thirty six, seven o'clock. All of us leave the gym by eight ish, eight thirty ish like. I've gotten to the point in the last couple of weeks where I don't even go to the gym. I don't even think about going to the gym until 930, 10 o'clock, just because I refuse to sit in there and wait on someone to get out of the way for me to do the workout that I need
2: to do because everyone's doing the same workouts on the same day. Oh, well, I, is, I, I do want it, to mention you can kind am. of blame Henry Ford for that. He's the one who came up with the eight hour work day. And I, I'm well aware I mean, we, of that. We we standardize it across the
0: U.S., right? Yeah, most most people. I won't say everybody. It's they. We all call it the nine to five, but really, I've not seen a lot of jobs that are truly nine no. a.m. to five p.m. Most of them are like seven to three or, or eight, eight to, four. to four. Yeah, I mean they kind of line up with school schedule, which yeah. makes mm-hmm. sense. I mean people have kids; they have to they have to keep up with that. So I don't, but other people do.
2: I mean, yeah. it, it it is interesting to think about the fact that it's like. Uh, most people are going to be, you know, have to go straight from dropping their kids off at school right over to work. Or um, depending on circumstance, you may have to um, have somebody else drop the kids off or they get on the bus because you're either already at work or you're getting ready for work the moment that they need to be at school. So,
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, so kind of. Like when, like, like last week, right? Y'all, you're giving me a hard time because, like, have you told your boss you're not going to work as much? (laughs) Well, yeah, I did. (laughs) I did. I told him that. I guess, I I guess, actually, last week, um, and he completely understood. I mean, he was kind of like, yeah, you know, I had that. I had that goal once too, and I still work a ridiculous amount. I was like, (laughs) I was like, nah, bro, I'm not kidding. Um, I was like, I understand where he's coming from because he has kids and a family and stuff like that. And it gets hard, especially when you have to go to game practices and all kinds of other stuff after school, make sure you pick yeah. up your kids, spend time with your kids, things like that. Kids only make it more difficult. So I completely understand where he's coming from, mm-hmm. but the, I think some, like, I guess going in maybe the time to principles of time management and things like I learned from college, right is like kind of what I was saying is do it no matter how bad you don't want to and
1: I understand that's hard. It's it's so, so hard. So it's would you say that so bad. Would you say that your time management was mainly learned just through sheer willpower and discipline? Just the desire the, yeah, to I, do what you're doing? I think part of it is. I, I think yes, I think part
0: of it is and part of it is so part of it's learning how to it sounds kind of weird but shut your brain off and to, and to quote Nike right just do it <laughs> yeah shut your brain off and just do it like i think more so of jocko it sucks good it's <laughs> i mean yes there's a level of that but there's also i think some argument to be had right and what they call the flow state as you want Kind of like when we're talking about workouts and stuff, you want things to be hard enough that you're interested and not bored, but not so hard that you're like, this fucking sucks. I'm done with this and don't want to do this anymore. Moderation. Yeah. I mean, moderation is the king of everything, right? Everything is good in moderation. Maybe not everything, but most things are good in moderation.
2: Yeah, I think uh, even a moderate amount of cyanide is probably not going <laughs> to Mo- do you very moderate good. A moderate amount of meth, right, It's probably not going to help you out. Black sure. well, well, now, okay wait a minute, one, Hunter. Two. It depends. If you have ADHD, it,
0: it will, it'll do you great. This is true. Micro- moderate is, you know what, maybe moderate it comes, moderate amount comes in different sizes. Like a microgram of meth is probably a moderate
2: amount. For people, for people who need it, let's put it that way. But let's, uh, let's, but a healthy let's dose say, of like
1: car heroin once a week. That ought to get
2: <laughs> that ought to get the hair off.
0: Uh, anyway, if you Little. take enough, if you take just enough speed to get yourself going, <laughs> but not enough to kill you, you can get
2: everything done. Naz, let's not encourage people to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it'd be preferred that we uh, keep that out of the picture. I mean, hey, again. we mark
0: this—we mark this shit as explicit.
2: I mean, well, that is true, but uh, let's enough. not encourage our audience into bad habits. But we're we're talking about time management, people, not ruining their lives. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, if you want great
0: time management, listen to me right now. Take speed. If you time don't, we've go got eight slower. more hours. Hey, it worked in the 80s, okay? Cocaine was everywhere. <laughs> Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. In the, uh, in the days of coffee and, and depression and self-loathing.
2: Yeah. Anyway, um, back to, Let's get this back on track here. We're talking about time management, and I think I have something to add to that. All right. So when it comes to time management, I think it's always kind of interesting because when we're young, time seems to crawl. Right. Oh, yeah. And I then mean, when and you the, get older, and the older
0: you get, the faster time goes. It's insane. Yes. Like, I always heard like my grandmother talk about that. Right. It's like as you get older, time just keeps going faster. And, you know, you as a little kid or as a as a younger adult. Right. You you hear that. The only time, time goes any, fast is recess, I swear. Yeah, And you don't think about it. You're like, what? No, time doesn't go fast. And then it like you Here you are, you know, in your late 20s and it hits you like a ton of bricks. You're like, oh, my God, time like literally does start to fly like it gets faster and faster and faster and faster. And it's insanity.
2: Yeah, I think I have I have some theories as to why that is. And obviously I'm not I'm no scientist, but I, I like to think that the reason time starts to fly as you get older is because you have you're, you become more focused on things. Because, you know, when you're a kid, right, it's like eh, there's so many things that well, you're learning. I actually learning. did
0: hear a theory on this. Um, I don't I, – I can't quote the scientist. I can't quote who – I can't – I don't know who to attribute this theory to. I guess I'll I'll quarant- or quote it with that, right? I don't know who – I don't remember who to quote this theory to. But essentially the theory goes, the reason that time seems to fly by faster and faster as you get older is because it's relativistic and so as you get older right one as you, if when you're one years old one year is literally half of your entire lifespan when you're I mean, 20 years old one year is a 20th of your entire lifespan when you're 50 years old it's a 50th and so relatively relativistically a year seems shorter and shorter the longer you live.
2: And I kind of see that. Like I said, I was, what I was trying to get at was the idea that, you know, when you're young, you don't have like, you don't have as much focus on any one thing at any one time. It's so spread out. Right. And it makes your time feel like it's taking longer because you're, you're doing multiple things. Right. But as you get older, you start focusing more on individual tasks. Right. You start spending more of your time on less things. Right. Right. So it, I feel like it makes your focus feel more concentrated, right? And yeah, I mean, so I, I can agree with that,
0: right? It's like maybe when you're younger, I guess maybe this is – I guess correct me if I'm wrong if i in saying this, right? But when you're younger, right, you're learning so much. Like you can't focus on one specific thing because as you get older, right, you're not learning as much as when – I'm not learning as much at – now as i was when i was 10 Mm -hmm. because i don't have as much to learn about everything than as i did when i was 10 i've learned so much right and now my where i'm at in my life is i learn a lot more about a lot of specific things and i'm very focused on those specific things and the low income the learning comes slower versus back then right you're just you're you're drinking from a fire hose all the time.
2: Yes. And I, I, I mean, think that's one of the reasons why when we get older and we slow down and we have more time to think on things because we're not constantly being told to go here, do this, do that. You start to realize wh- like how how I guess how slow things were. For so long before you had to get here and get you know get speed you know speed up and especially because it's, especially if you live in a or live or work in a competitive area right because if you live in a big city it's hustle and bustle you got to be there you know you got to be there you got to get there you got to get it done right I mean so and you have to you know, focus on on that
1: you have to leave two hours before work starts I
2: know. <laughs> time management
1: that's true
0: so. That is one thing I've always noticed. It's kind of an offshoot of or side note to time management, I guess, is like living mostly in smaller towns and in the in the south, right, my entire life. Um, Having visited many places, including cities and stuff like that in the bigger cities and in the more northern regions and really northeastern regions. They are way faster. Everything has to be fast. Like, it needs to be done, not now, I guess, necessarily, but like. Definition
1: as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, down here in the South, right? Well, if you're checking out at the grocery store, you'll have a little chit chat with the cashier and. Cashier who's checking you out and stuff like that. The guy behind you in line. And the guy behind you in line. And it's more friendly, maybe, but it's also a slower pace and no one's in a hurry. And there it's like.
1: Which is one reason why down here, if you are in a hurry, I hate to be that guy, but you're the biggest dick in the store when you're in a hurry down here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, like if you're in a, if you're I in a hurry, in a, I mean, just, if you're the if you're the dude in the store that's in a hurry down here, I don't want to say and make it sound like you're automatically the villain in the store. And it's all about how you do it. Like, I've gone into the store and been in a hurry before and someone tried to talk to me and I just, you know, kind of. Talk to him for a second Was like, hey, man, well, I got to run. It's good seeing you. And there's a way to do it. But majority of people down here, if they catch you out in public, you're going to be there for about 10, 20 minutes.
0: So the, there, there's a podcast topic all in itself right there is like oh, dude, the, the whole a time, the time and the place, right? And then yeah. – the, and, yeah. and how to properly speak. I know that growing up, that was probably one of the hardest things for you to learn is it's not what you said. It's how you said it.
2: Yeah. And that makes it all. I'm, a little, I'm a, little a little tone deaf. As a person who's worth retail, I'll tell you this right now. I have experienced just about every flavor of person you can imagine. And one thing that matters. More, yeah. One thing that matters more than anything is tone. Yeah. And I'm, a, I'm you, pretty tone deaf. Yeah. If you, if you are busy, you can get that across with your body language. And just basically saying, like, thank you, but I need to do this. Right. That's actually a good point. The words thank you, but. Can save you so many hardships in life if you just use those words before you say something like. Well, I guess that's actually an interesting thing just
0: for anyone, for anyone listening, for anyone that cares, maybe like. Please and thank you are two words that will make all the difference in the world when you're dealing with people and they take they take no effort to do. <laughs> Throwing yes. please and thank you in into a conversation will get you a lot of places and when dealing with people and it's no extra effort to add. It's really easy. Like if you wanna if you want hack with dealing with people per se, like a life hack, um treating people like people and and just adding please and thank you in your vernacular and how you speak to them and stuff like that i mean it, it takes a little practice you can't just add like please after everything you say you start that that can also get a little annoying but adding please and thank you in the right places and when it and when it matters right or sorry that's a th- those are things right that they take no extra effort the only thing it really probably requires you to do is swallow your pride a little bit and it gets you a lot farther with people. Um, yes. People yeah. notice they, they pay attention and they notice percent. Oh, yeah. and, and if they feel like you're treating them with respect and you're treating them as they, as they deserve to be treated just for being a person, right? You'll get way farther with them.
2: Uh, I was the best way I can kind of put this is like, if you, so, you know, if you're, at the store you're on your way you need to get out there and the cashier wants to chit chat you can just say thank you but i'm busy i need to go rather than just saying i'm busy i need to go right it's yeah, like and there's, it and there's other ways to difference.
0: say thank you right it's like yeah or and please and thank you and stuff like that like there's you don't have to say specifically thank you yeah,
1: yeah. but again that's a whole separate topic Oh yeah, so, i figured uh, I'd, uh, it's just, it's just uh, one of those small things that really help you like get back on task when you do have time crunches, when you do have things going on. It's, it's, and it really, I realized this as I got older, because when I was younger, I was that guy that I wouldn't just walk away. If Somebody started talking to me in the store. I'd sit there and talk to him. And next thing you know, you're 30 minutes late to dinner. And it's like, well, what happened? Oh, I ran into so-and-so. And so it, it really is something I've learned as I got older. Where I'm like, Hey, it's not that I don't want to talk to you. I just, I really have to be somewhere oh, else.
3: It's, it's, talking
0: about saving time, right? One of the things that was said to me in senior design when I was in engineering school, and it, it, I didn't fully like understand it until I got into the working world, and it is ignore transient problems. And so let me first state, don't ignore problems, okay? Not all problems can be ignored. But transient problems or problems that will go away with time, don't get caught up in it.
3: Like, if someone comes to you with what seems like an emergency, right, because they've...
0: I don't want to tell, tell a bunch of people, like, ignore ignore these people, because that's not always the case of what you need to do. But if they come with something that... The problem will go, will fix itself, will resolve itself in a, just a matter of time, right? Don't get wrapped up in that like it'll fix itself. and the more you practice it, the better you'll get at it. And I can't give a good example of it, um off the top of my head. It's kind of like once you've seen it, once you know it you, you've seen it and you know it, and you'll the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. And I know that's super obscure, but. Ignoring uh, transient problems. Ignoring drama and staying out of drama is also and I guess really a transient problem can probably be uh what's the word? Correlated with drama. Ignoring drama can really I mean it not only help your mental health, but it can it can help you save a little bit of time too. Just
2: staying out of it. It's not necessarily requiring you. I mean I will say in the South the i'm sorry i'm late i was talking with some guy is a lot more acceptable down here than it is uh in other places because most people will down here will be like oh okay yeah that make that makes sense yep and we'll be okay with it but uh depending on where you live that answer may not be satisfactory (laughs) yeah
1: yeah that's i mean that's true um like I mean, it's like the it's like the memes of the guy in the Midwest is like how do you make a Midwest exit and it's like well you give a good hard slap to the knees and say well and you stand up and you groan while you stand up and I reckon I'll mosey on out of here you know, and, except that it's about five more minutes before you actually make it out the door and I was like that's Midwest a really good
0: answer is just is just the South it's just the extension of the South really it's just not in the South it's just the Southerners with funny accents really honestly. Uh,
2: yeah well yeah, I'll, I'll let you get on to it. <laughs>
0: it like i i don't i've seen so many southerners do s- the same thing as that right there like, oh yeah i did it all the time it's
2: <laughs> I don't, I don't know,
0: it's like it was i see those memes right of like midwest midwestern just midwestern things i'm like i see that crap all the time here in the south it's yeah like, that's very common it's like, we do that kind of stuff all the time just yeah. it's I think it's I, I've been convinced that the Midwest is just a it's, bigger it's south. It's just the <laughs> south, but in the north. That's
2: all it is. Yeah. So but like like I said, um, time is imp- like your time is important, but never sacrifice politeness for time because it doesn't add. It doesn't like an extra second to say please and thank you is not going to buy you At any more time to deal with the situation. So it's one of those things like, yes, you could just say I'm out of here or you can be polite and say, well, thank you, but I have to leave. Right. All you have to do is just add that little extra second. And I want to add one thing real quick, because you mentioned saying sorry. Apologizing is always good. But sometimes and this was something that a lot of people had to figure out, but a, a, a man once told me this --A thank you can be worth a thousand apologies." Rather than say, "Sorry, I'm late," say, "Thank you for waiting." Because it shows: the res- Yes, because it shows respect towards their time, and it also doesn't put you in a negative and defeatist light, right? interesting way
0: of of mincing words right that's a an interesting thought i've never really thought about
1: that um, i mean it makes sense though you're appreciating them for their sacrifice rather than apologizing for your mistake I, like it it does make sense because there's a lot of people who have a a, a half-assed apology i mean it's not wholehearted it's not realistic
0: no hey, nos, dose why not yeah. both yep
1: um but we've all given our thoughts on time management and how we got there except for me so i guess this is where i say my part so in regards to I kind of agree with what all of you said on it in regards to years, Hunter, I don't know that Einstein's the one that said it. But I know Einstein theorized that time is relative because in my regards to my quote from How I Met Your Mother, that's who says it is Einstein. Einstein theorized that time is relative and moves at different speeds or different people. Uh, and I would say I haven't looked into it, but I'd say that probably has some validity to it based on where you're at in life. And I think. One of those reasons is not to say that a year is much less important or much less impactful when you're 20 than it is when you're one. But I think it comes down to what you kind of said in, in terms of life experience, like that 20. I've lived 20 years. One year doesn't really seem like that impactful because I've seen the work that I've done in 20 years. So adding from 20 to 21, how much changed? Not that much, but 1 to 20 changed a lot. And so time yeah. starts to move quicker and quicker and quicker. Because I think when you're a kid, you know, your biggest your biggest problem of the week is if you're gonna win a race at school this week at recess, or if you're gonna get a date before prom or whatever's going on in your life at the time. And then out of nowhere, when you're in college, you're kind of thrown and cast out to the wolves and it's like, Okay, your your goal is no longer a week to week or a month to month goal. This is a this is a four year plan. This is a you started here today. What are you going to do in the next four years to make sure that you have your degree on time and have a job when you graduate? And then once you get to work, it's, you know, it's not a year to year basis anymore. It's a to retirement or to whatever next big goal you set for yourself in terms of hobbies or life. And the goals become such bigger term goals that I think we kind of lose ourselves in the we want to get from where we started to the end that we kind of, in our brains, we kind of accelerate that time because we're just trying so hard to get to the, the final outcome. Um, I also think a big reason we do it is just time's limited. It's the most limited resource in the world. You can't pay for more of it. You can't buy more of it. And I hate to say it, but the older we get, the more precious, yet also the more fragile it gets.
0: Yes, and, then, and so that was actually one of the biggest things, right? Um, I remember telling my boss, and— when, when talking to my boss about wanting to, I needed, I was, I needed to work less. I needed to be here less hours. Not, I mean, I'm still working a 40-hour week. I just don't want to work 60s, right? I mean, and kind of what I told him was, I've met a lot of old men in my life. And I've, you know, I worked on a farm. I worked with a lot of old men um, in my life. And never once have I met an old man at the end of his life, say, man, I wish I'd spent more time at work. Never met one. No. I have met countless old men saying, I wish I spent less time at work and more time with my family. I wish I spent less time at work and more time with my kids, less time with my work, more time with my wife, less time with my work and more time doing the things I wanted to do. I've never met a man that said, I wish I would have worked more.
1: Also, never met a man that wished he had less time. They always want more. Absolutely. And and, and I, hundred percent agree with that because I've worked with the same old men you did. And I've just I've never met I've never met that man
0: that said that. And maybe there is one. I don't know. I've never met him. It's that's a, that's an anecdotal experience, right? I've but from my life experience and the people that I've met, I have never met one that said man, I wish I would have worked a lot more in my life. I've met a ton, though, that have said, I wish I would have spent more time doing the things that I should have been doing, doing the things like spending time with my my family, spending time with my friends, spending time working on myself and and learning a new skill. Like, I mean, how many people have you met said, man, yeah, I wish I would have had the time to learn that. I wish I could have learned how to how to forge a knife or learned how to or I wish I could have wrote a book or, you know, any number of things. And I think when it comes to time management, right, obviously, right, you have things like setting goals. It's, there's really obvious stuff like setting goals, learning to plan, getting organized, um, prioritizing, being stuff like that. But I think some of the bigger things that may be harder is – taking ownership kind of kind of leaning into Jocko Willink's book and stuff like that right is taking ownership of your situation not making excuses holding yourself accountable kind of like what we said earlier is like man I really don't want to go to this uh I don't want to go to this workout this week I don't want to go to workout today I would rather just sit here and play on my phone for the next hour and do this and even like I mean I texted Ethan and I was like man I really don't want to go this workout and I get back. No, you need to, you need to fucking go. If you can go, you need to go. And so sitting there, I eventually convinced myself that, okay, I need to get up. I need to go work out. And I didn't regret it. That's the thing, right? Is oftentimes I've never, I've never like went to jujitsu. I've never went and worked out and
3: in which I regretted doing. So I have regretted many, many times not going. I've never regretted going. So yep. I think,
0: and I think that can kind of lead into maybe even to asking for help, right? It's like if you're, if you're struggling, whether it be asking for help for like a task, like, hey, asking your wife to cut the onions while you're making a soup or something, I don't know, something really minor, asking for help just so it, it saves you just that little bit of time. Nothing's wrong with that, and it's sometimes it's a hard thing to do. Asking for help
1: can be a can be a super hard thing to do. Yeah, um, and not to be all dude, bro, but I mean that's kind of why things like gym bros exist. And you need to have gym bros who aren't just for the gym. I mean, you need to have people at work who are willing to help you out. You need to have people in school that are willing to help you out, and people in life that are willing to help you out with even those small, minute tasks that you don't think are really that impactful, that time-consuming. But just them doing it helps go a long way in terms of helping you with free time and time to do other things that are on your your plate. Uh, and typically it, it's kind of the old saying, you know, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. The same thing oh, yeah. go for that. It's, it's much easier to just ask them for help than to not ask them for help and be not get it done or to blame them after the fact or to be late or to be you know, just not present at all. It's much easier just to ask someone for help. The worst they can say is no. And then you're right back in the same boat that you were before.
0: So that's another thing too, right? Is like, you always hear people talk about, you have to make the time. And that is true. Um, That is true. You have to make time to do certain things. And sometimes it doesn't seem like there's enough time in the day. And if you are actually serious about doing something specific, and you're trying to keep that time management right, make a routine. R- yeah. routines, are, um, routines are just habits. They're just good habits. And habits are hard to break. But that, And that includes good habits too, right? Good habits are even hard to break. If you, if you can get yourself in a mode of operating in a certain way every day then that's how you'll operate every day. And that's what you should be doing. Right. And so I think it's easy to, or not, well, maybe not easy, but it's maybe necessary to like make a schedule for yourself. If that's, if that's really what you need to do or schedule, like you, my workout is going to be from four to five every single day. Yeah. Right. Or my, I mean, your work is always scheduled for you. Right. At least most people's are, um, your school's scheduled for you, things like that, so you don't have to worry about scheduling that. I am expected to be at work from, you know, seven to three thirty or eight to four, kinda like we were discussing every day. You, hard to get a choice on that one, but maybe it's something like cooking dinner. I'm going to cook dinner from four to five every day and we're gonna eat at the dinner table with our family from five to five thirty every day. Like Kind of making that routine and getting, getting everyone board. But also on top of that, I think it's trying to make sure that people respect your schedule. Um, It's not, man. That's and that's a hard one. That is. I think that
1: one's. I think that one's really hard because to you, your time is valuable. I know Hunter taught me this. This is kind of one thing that we've really talked about. Is you know at work. Your job is to focus on work. Your job is to focus on whatever your task is at work. And that company that you work for, that, those people that you work for, they place a price tag on your time. Whether that be $30 an hour or $12, $12 an hour, whatever that is, they put a price tag on your time. They say your time's worth this much an hour to do a job for us. So if you're at work and you're getting paid, say, $30 an hour to do this job, well... You're getting paid $30 per hour to do their job. So when you're not at work, that's your free time. How much is your free time worth to you? How much is what you want to do worth to you? And that's where self-worth, I think, plays into time management. It's, it's Because no one's going to respect your time because guess what? It's not their time. It's, yeah, no, no one will it, respect your time. No yeah. one will respect your time more than you, right? Exactly, and because it's, it's worth something to you. To them, it's just a resource. Absolutely. Um,
0: and so it's sometimes it's, it's hard to make someone respect your time. Like, but whether it's a spouse, I mean, my my, wife, actually, my wife's pretty good about understanding, like, Hey, it's, it's jujitsu time, time for you to go. Um, but like maybe, maybe your boss isn't like my boss is a really understanding and he's a really good dude. But at the same time, my work in general can be very demanding and wants me to be there all the time. um, to the point like not too long ago i i I took off right and i come back and the world was on fire and they're like we were like ready to come kidnap you from
1: home and i was like my god you you had a fight through the front door to get me there but (laughs) well it's kind of like the old farm saying i know hunters heard it because i've heard it on the farm you sit around long enough something's gonna break again and and i hate to say it but you know We both grew up working on a farm, and that was kind of the mentality. It's like if you work a 16-hour day, something's bound to go wrong. So why work a 16-hour day? Why not work an 8-hour day? And it's like, well, because at 8 hours, things are going good, so you keep going until something breaks. Because if you work long enough, there will be something else to do. And for whatever reason, that's how a lot of people's mindsets are. It's like, well, you just keep working. You might as well hang around. Why? Because something's eventually going to go wrong, and then you're already here to fix it and that's it's it's a it's a kind of a shitty mentality and i hate that mentality but that is how a lot of places and employers will will view you and view your free time uh it's how school kind of views your free time i don't know that hunter ever heard this but i know i've told hunter about this situation for me in engineering school um our whole class bombed the test on the teacher's like second semester ever teaching and uh he told us we didn't study hard enough and we didn't work hard enough and we all you know Started telling him that we did study. Uh, it wasn't like we just walked in, nobody studied. And we all decided to get 20% on this test. And he went around the room. Yeah, and I had picked, more than
0: one of those.
1: I had picked, more than one of those instances. Well, he picked people at random and he picked me. And he said, How long did you sleep last night? And I said, ah, I don't know, six, seven hours. And he goes, Then you didn't study long enough. And I said, What do you mean? I studied for six hours yesterday. And he goes, Yeah, but you slept for seven. You slept. You didn't study hard enough. And I was like, you mean yeah, you tell me I'm not simple. allowed to, that, I mean, I'm not allowed to sleep? He said, I didn't sleep in my, I didn't sleep in, when I was getting my doctorate, he was, I slept maybe two hours a night, and I said, then you didn't sleep long, or I said, you slept too long, and he kind of looked at me, and I kind of looked at him, and I was like, that's ridiculous. I mean, you're, you're expecting me to just not be a human at this point, point. and so at a certain point, we had to go to the dean. We had to go, like, tell him, like, you're going to have to you're going to have to I, said, I won't name names but we had
0: a we had an instance not too long ago where um one of my
3: coworkers needed to work from home for a few for like a week cuz he has a new kid and uh one of the bosses had the gall to tell him make sure you're not taking care of your kid While you're working. And
0: I, I, I was like a little taken aback when I heard that. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Did
1: you really just fucking say that? Oh my God. That's what I'm saying. They'll take advantage of that, Tom. It's like, they don't expect you to be a human. And at a certain point, you got to put your foot down and just, just tell them they're wrong. Tell them, this is not this is not your time. This is my time. And, and it, if I get the job done, why does it matter?
0: Yep. It's and it's not just about it's not just about companies. It's
1: about people in general. Yeah.
0: Um. I and mean, that's not just anyone, your boss. That's everyone. That's everybody. You have to make people respect your time. Um. I'm not saying don't be a
1: dick. Like, no. But the, the the principle of it is that when you when peop, when you make people respect your time, you respect your own time. And it makes it easier to go do those things that you want to do, not because you have more free time, but because you fought for that free time. You set your foot down and said, I need this time to this time off because this is what I want to do. And by respecting that, you hold yourself accountable to go do the workout or cook or clean or go to the doctor, or do whatever it is that you needed to do in that time slot. You hold yourself accountable because you not only respected yourself, but you made other people respect. This is my time. This is my free time.
0: One of my buddies actually had a a good, I think a good quote when it kind of comes to this stuff is, you can be an authority, you can have authority and not be a dick. You can tell someone that they're going to do something and you can get somebody to do something and not be a dick. You can do both. Both exist. Whether that is, you know, you being... A child of a father-child relationship or a father-son relationship, a boss-employee relationship, a you know whatever whatever relationship dynamic. I think that can be applied
3: is you can have authority by I mean essentially by being assertive, right, and and not be a dick about it. I, and I don't think that's even remotely questionable.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and I also, you know, we've talked about time management and, you know, like your day-to-day and in college and in work and, and maybe even week-to-week. But I think another one that people don't often think about is time management over your life. Because as I said earlier, time, as you get older, I think people realize is more, more fragile was one of the words that I use. And the reason I say that is because you have to think, you're expected to work, what, into your 60s? Well, I know several people in their 60s, I know people in their 50s have already had hip replacements, knee replacements, and they can't go do the things that they could have done in their 20s and 30s. And they wish that they would have taken time off to go see that mountain, go hike that trail, go do these things that they couldn't do, they can't do anymore because they're too old and their bodies haven't held up. And I know we didn't really talk about it in the first one, but Me and Hunter have both always wanted to do like big game stock hunts. So we've both made agreements, you know, like every year we're going to take off a week and go go somewhere and stock hunt while we're young. Because you can't do that up into your 50s and 60s and 70s. You just can't. You can't you can't afford to hike 10 miles a day up a mountain. So I think life management, you also have to look at your time management in life. You have to also, you know, what do I want to do before I'm no longer able to do it? And you have to set off those boundaries of what you're going to get done as you go, if that makes sense.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it does. Okay. The like I said, or like we've been saying, time management is always a hard thing, and it's I think really if you're if you're having to sum up that
3: what we're trying to say, right, is you have to make your goal, right. set your goal, kind of like what we were saying last week is setting a resolution, right?
0: And um, you have to make your plans, you have to schedule yourself, you have to be willing to say no to somebody, make somebody respect your time, and I think that comes into saying no. Um, Make sure you don't get caught up in transient issues and things that are not, not conducive, to making sure that your time is being respected. You yep. know, if you're in a leader position, you know, you need to be delegating, making sure that not everything is on you. So like I, I can say, right, I am in a leadership position and that is hard, especially if you're a person that wants to hold on to everything that you do. You, you always want to make sure that it's done right and done the way you want it done. And delegation is hard. And I'm, I'm my, my mentor, right the one, the guy before me was even worse about it than i am god love him he's a super good dude he does struggle with the delegation process he str- he struggles with the delegation process you have to basically pry it out of his hands yeah. and at- and uh, and so when i took over his position right i was basically like okay i need to do better there yeah learning from learning from the guys before you and learning from the guys that have that have failed more times than you've ever started right is a really great way to learn just in general um but kind of one of the things i think that has been the underlying we haven't spoke it we haven't said it directly but the underlying theme or the underlying uh Principle of all of this is communication, and communication is fucking hard. It's, also it's key, though. But it's key, um, and because like on that topic, wreck, like We had a buddy this week that was he's trying to get a date with this girl, and <laughs> oh, I told he, this story to like four people this week. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to get a date with this girl, and she. My understanding is she had ghosted him before and he, and to, you know, fast forward two years, she had ghosted him like two years ago, fast forward two years, and here we are. And she's hitting him up again. And he's like, how do I, you know, how do I get her to basically admit that she ghosted me and that we've talked before and this and that?
3: And essentially what me and some of my buddies told him is like, just you know, ask her. Quit beating around the
0: bush.
1: Quit just, beating around the bush. I mean, <laughs> you're I, an adult, I, man. Yep. You're an stop adult. Stop beating around the bush. Eventually, you got to learn to stop beating around the bush. And I, I think that's one big thing about time management. And, you know, this is just kind of the hard truth of not only time management, but a lot of lessons in life is eventually you're going to have to have that smack you in the face, come to Jesus moment, whatever you want to call it. The gotcha moment. You're going to have to have a little come to Jesus where at a certain point, something's going to happen. It's going to change your tendencies, whether that's you're late to a test or you, you slept through something or you got fired because you were tardy or whatever it is. Something will prompt you to work on your time management skills. I had it. I'm sure y'all both had it. I mean, mom was in college. I'm sure y'all was in college. And essentially but, what we told
0: him, right, was – I was like, you don't – so he, cause at first he's like, well, you don't want to do that because then you're going to kind of come across as being a dick and being salty and all this other stuff. I'm like, no, 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 You don't – I was like, this is where you can say something that where most people would probably come across as being a dick. This is where your tact comes in, right? Old Winston Churchill tact is the ability to tell someone to go to hell in which they will look forward to the trip. Um and what we told him is essentially along the lines of just say hey you know i we i'm pretty sure we've we've talked before if you using kind of an indeterminate language like i think can help alleviate some of the accusi- accusatory nature of yeah. what you're about to say <clears throat> saying like hey i'm i'm pretty sure we've ta- we've talked before i think we've talked before um and i'm you're i think you're really pretty I think you're really attractive. I'd like to take you on a date. How how does that sound? And we it took us way longer than it should have. He how was, was just, it like
1: three three and a half hours it was something like, like that? three
0: hours. We were having to convince this man to to send basically
1: not exactly those words,
0: but something along those lines. It was like you a, always need to put it. In, you need yeah. to put it in your words. How you're going to speak? Your vernacular your vernacular right but essentially along the lines of hey i'm pretty sure we've talked before i've s- i think you're pretty i would still i'm still interested in trying to take you out on a date if you'd re- if you're interested and he oh man he was so resistant to it but he finally did it
1: and guess what he had a date this morning yep Yep. And as I'm saying, like, that's that's one of those come to Jesus moments. And as I said, that's not just about time management it's to be about things like that communication, where it's just. You you have to learn the hard way that you your your way isn't always the right way. Sometimes you have to have you have to have a little give.
0: She came back and she was like. Yeah, I'd totally be interested in a date. And then I told her I, the next thing I told him to say, I was like, ask her if. You know, X time on X day is good. Yep. He's like, well, I can't do that. OK, we'll
3: ask him. Ask her for the next day. right? Don't, don't. I was like, she's already said yes to letting you take her on a date. So
1: ask her for the date. Yeah.
0: And set a time.
1: And I think the key principle of this story here is and the key principle of this whole kind of podcast is eventually you have to stop beating around the bush and you just have to do it you just have to be decisive this, you have to be decisive and disciplined yep. and and respect respect not only the boundaries that you set for others but the boundaries that you set you set for yourself and by respecting those things and doing those things i think you will see improvement in time management and time management and your day-to-day and your month-to-month your year-to-year in your life and and whole and i think that goes for not just time management but
2: communication skills work ethic uh everything i mean yeah i mean it it is very important i know i haven't said a whole lot this podcast uh but i mean a lot of this stuff is kind of what you need to be focusing on is taking time for yourself taking time for others understanding when your time is valuable versus when you have time just relax and watch and take the time to talk to people and like i said Just because you're busy or just because you don't have a lot of time, don't let that ruin your ability to communicate well with others and focusing mostly on just keeping yourself in a good position to where you always have time for what's important. So with that said, though, unfortunately, I'm going to have to be heading out myself. I would like to tell everybody who's listening to have a wonderful day and I hope you do continue on and have yourself a great podcast, but uh, I do have to be going My there's things that I have to do today that can't wait much longer. So
0: speaking of time management, there you back,
2: go. Prime example. Yeah. So. There you go. Well, thank you for having me on here and thanks everybody for listening. And I hope everyone has a wonderful time and I will be on the next one. So mm, all right, Bye. See you. Uh, but yeah, and I, you know,
1: another thing I can say, honestly, as I've gotten older is if, if I can tell you anything to work on, it's it's not easy to work on work ethic overnight. It's not easy to work on time management overnight. It's not easy to work on anything overnight, but all of them stem from communication. Yeah. I say the number one thing you need to work on is communication. And I tell those people all the time and I speak about engineering a lot of the time and people kind of give me give me uh hell for it because I mean, you know they're like well that's your whole life that's what you how about. do you know
0: how do you know uh how do you know a person is an engineer you don't have to ask just wait they'll
1: tell you just wait and they'll tell you and <laughs> and you know i do get it a little bit but at the same time and i kind of told this to one of my buddies one night because we were you know we, there might have been a little drinking involved but he kind of made a comment about it and he's like why do you talk about it all the time and i was like, why do you talk about welding all the time he's like because i love it and i was like all right then there you go I said, how hard do you work to be a welder? I said, how much is the 105 degree room wearing long sleeves and two pairs of pants? How much does it suck? He's like, it sucks a lot. I said, then why do you keep doing it? He's like, because I enjoy it. And I worked hard for it, damn it. And I was like, welcome to engineering. You get it. Yeah. I was like, it, it's, you, you worked harder. I, want, I don't want to say you worked harder than everybody else. But it is one of, the, it, it is one of if not the hardest four-year degree out there. And so...
0: There's different levels of hard, right? I, yeah. I think that is one thing that is. I think everybody kind of understands, but not but not everybody wants to admit, right? There's oh, there's a lot of people that I've met that's basically like if you're not breaking your back, it's it's not hard. Yeah. Um, where I think realistically, there's different levels of hard and different types of hard, and one of the types of hard is mental, um, oh, mentally, mentally hard there is emotionally hard physically physically hard like if you want to break it down into really broad categories yeah um that's one of the biggest things is that it's is understanding it's not just physical is the or not just physical is not the only way things are hard right i mean Honestly, yeah. I think what I've heard – what have I read somewhere is that SEAL training, for instance, is like 90% mental mental, and 10% physical. Yeah, And by no means is –
1: Is it an easy 10% physical?
0: 10% physical, but you have to remember that the guys that are going to be SEALs are already like physical – they're physical monsters in comparison yeah. to most people. They spend – And, and I don't
1: remember – I don't remember where I've, I've heard this either, but I kind of know what you're talking about where they're like, it's it's picking a boat up over your head with, you know, a dozen other guys. You've done this before. You know you can do it. It's when you add in the fact that this is the 37th time you've done this straight. You've been awake for 47 hours. It's four o'clock in the morning off the coast of California and you're sitting in 27 degree salt water. Yep. And you're allowed it, to leave at any point you want. And it's and that's exactly he's like it's, and it's it's one thing that they're yelling at you and telling you you have to do this, but they're not. They're telling you that you can leave right now. You can go home. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do it. And you have right. to tune out that little voice that not necessarily the voice in your head, but that little voice in your ear telling you that you can leave. You have to find it and you have to kill it. Correct. You have to you have to kill that voice every day. But And,
0: and yeah, and I mean I think I can't like I said, I can't remember what, what sealed or who I don't I know exactly who I heard from, it from. Yeah. but it's basically, it's like, SEAL training is 90% mental and 10% physical, and, and, and it does come back down to, right, is the, every single dude in SEAL training has met the physical, the basic physical requirements to be there. Yep. Yep. They're, they all passed basic training, they're all physically fit. It's the fact that you're allowed to leave at any point, yep. and we're going to put you to the grinder, and so think it's not a lot. I would actually argue that more things that you run into a day are mentally hard than they are physically
1: or, and if mentally and emotionally hard than they are physically. Physical, Which is one reason why I talk about engineering school so much is because I've spoke to, you know, coworkers and friends and other people in other degrees and other fields. And while theirs have their own challenges, while theirs have their own difficulties, what I've learned And this is just my observation. I'm sure somebody would call me an idiot for this. And what do I know? I'm just some redneck. But what I've noticed and learned is which is kind of the whole, you know, concept of this podcast. But what I've noticed and learned is. I'm much more prepared for life out after college, and I'm much more prepared for things and my communication and my even to add on to this, one thing we haven't said, but I'll go ahead and say it now, kind of what we we're just talking about, your mental fortitude, your mental strength, your your ability to flex your your that little muscle in your head we call a brain. Mine is significantly sharper, faster, and higher than other people around me. Because for the last four or five years, I've had people rather than extend deadlines and tell me I I can do this and I can, I can achieve whatever I want. My engineering professors told me drop. My engineering professors told me to quit. My engineering professors on the first day said, look left, look right. One of you will graduate. One of you will drop out of college and one of you will be a business major. I mean, th- that's, that's the harsh reality, you know, and it's, yep. you, you got to when started. Starting, I started could,
0: engineering school. I, I tell the story to some of my coworkers sometimes, and they're always a little, Like bewildered. When I started school, there was 175 of us in class the first day I graduated with about 35.
1: Yep. Our class that's graduating this semester, there's 29 of us. Three of us were not, me included, were not in that fall concepts class, your first semester freshman class if there was 180 plus in that class that means there's 26 I left
0: a so 180 quick, your quick math right so if you're talking you 30 guys of 100 and, of 180 you're talking about a 16% pass yeah. rate 17% pass rate yep. your your attrition rate is that of over 80% yeah
1: and and it is it is 100% you know it's hard it's hard as dead, as dead. You're right. If it were easy, everybody'd do it. If it was easy, everybody'd do it, and that is one thing that has stuck with me throughout it. But you know, it kind of like we talk about getting 20s and stuff on your tests, and I know that's kind of the meme. I've seen a lot of memes about that, but it's true. And that taught me communication on when to admit you need help, when to ask for help. I'll tell you right now. I won't say his name, but there's a professor that Hunter had the privilege of having as a teacher more than I did because he is now an electrical engineering professor, and he's been there long enough. Uh, he teaches. EE-specified classes, and I'm an Emmy, so I don't really have him in class. I had him as my concepts guy, um, my first year, first semester class. But I still go to his office, and he helps me with problems and talks to me, and, and I still go to, you know, there's a guy that teaches there, also an EE, who grew up five minutes down the road from me in Hunter's hometown. We know the same people. Something about just going down there and talking to him and telling him about my problems and asking for help on things helps. And so now here I am a senior, and I've even been told this. Two years ago, I asked for a letter of recommendation, and nobody would write me one. Now we're, here we are today. There isn't a single teacher in there that wouldn't write me a decent letter of recommendation I'm pretty confident in. Because over the last two years, I've gotten much more comfortable going to their office and asking for help and asking about things and, and asking about my grades. And it's, it's no longer a, well, this sucks everybody made a 20. It's a I'm a little more, what could I have done better? But also admitting that if everybody made a 20, what could you have done different? It's, and it's a mental fortitude thing. It's a confidence thing, but mainly more above everything. It's a communication. You've, you've opened up the communication line between you and your professors that I will respect I could have done more as long as you respect the fact that maybe you did a little too much. And I think a lot of my teachers and me have gotten to that, that point where it's, you know, I see him in the hallway and we're on a, they, it's a first name basis. We'll talk to each other and it's a respectful communication where it's, it's professional, but also it's a little bit personable to the point it's like, we can have that. And so therefore, not all of them, but a lot more of them now respect my time, my free time, and, and things like that to the point they'll work around schedules. And I think that kind of bleeds into it. And it also makes me wonder if I would have started this three years ago, how much more free time I would have had and how much better my grades would have been. But I digress. Um, I think that's kind of the key concept, though, you know, is like you have to make connections wherever you're at, wherever you are, wherever you're doing, whatever you're working, whether that's school, work, business. Hell, even in your own home with your family, whether that be your wife or your mom and dad, like. Communication is key. Mental fortitude is key. Discipline respect respect your own time, respect others' times, and therefore they'll respect your time. Like all of those, I think, play a key role into the concept that is time management, but also just into life in general. Uh, and I think those will help you in any goal you set, whether that be a life goal or a New Year's resolution or any, any quantifiable goal,
3: I guess. So, I mean, absolutely. And I mean, like, I think Jocko Willink has a good... Quote on this, and the 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 essentially the quote is: "There is no easy way." Yeah, there is
0: only hard work, late nights, early mornings, practice, rehearsal, repetition, study, sweat, blood, toil, frustration, and discipline. And that is from "Discipline Equals Freedom" field manual by Jocko Willink. I mean that is. That is the quote. I'm not much of a reader, but I do certain levels of things I do appreciate. And Jocko's, uh, some of Jocko's stuff is definitely, I definitely think he worth is. A look. I think it's definitely worth a look, like especially if you're interested in trying to get. I think your if you're interested under in, control,
1: maybe. I think if you're interested in self improvement at all, if, you're, yeah. if you have big goals or any form of self improvement in mind, I think Jocko is a great one to listen to. And if Jocko's not your flavor, I think even David Goggins, he's a little more a little more hard, but he's, he's also worth He's a little hardcore. Hard yeah, um, but like,
0: it's it's always about being better better than yourself. Yesterday,
1: one one percent
0: every day, one be percent
1: right? better today than you were yesterday. Absolutely, and understand that one percent compounds. You'll never be a hundred.
0: Yep, you'll never get to a hundred, but that why shouldn't you try? why shouldn't you be as close
1: as possible all day, every day, all day, every day. And I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think if people strive to do that, I think you'll see improvements in, in, you know, your time management and in your communication skills and in your mental fortitude and in your self-confidence and your self-worth. And I think it kind of starts with communication and setting a price for what you, you value your time and your ability, your availability as, um, and those, those, that progress you see will maybe not come overnight, but it'll come faster than you expect. And I think everyone will have that, even if, you know, this podcast isn't going to be it. But once you hear it and you kind of start to see those, those cues, I think you'll, you'll find your come to Jesus moment comes pretty quick. Your come to Jesus moment will hit you eventually if it hasn't already. And that's when you'll finally decide to fix things in your life. Well, I guess with that said,
0: right,
3: we can. Probably start heading this podcast out. Yeah. Um, so we have made a Twitter.
0: If you guys want to follow us on Twitter, I believe it's at the BN at BNIs underscore pod. P-O-D. Yes, I, believe so. I, I, I can't remember. I let me just hold, look it up. Hold, hold you on. Know what? I'll pull it up real quick.
1: <laughs> I'm
0: not a big Twitter aficionado.
1: It is at capital B-N-I underscore pod. That is B-N-I underscore P-O-D.
0: Oh, if you guys want to get a hold of us or interact with us, shoot a tweet at B-N-I underscore P-O-D. Otherwise,
3: keep, keep striving, keep trying, keep getting better. This is Hunter. This is Ethan. And we'll see you guys next time.